The Lord says, remind me of my word. In other words, bring it up to me. It's not because he's forgotten it, right? right? It's not because he's forgotten it. It's because he wants it to get in you because that word has power. That word has life. And that's why the confessions are so important. That's why you're reminding not only God, but you're reminding yourself of what did God say? What did God say? Well, and the thing that, as I was praying this morning over the body, the thing that came up to me, and it made me so excited, again, tying into this, we, like the people knew there was an expectation because a word was set that on this day, a car is going to be here for you. Like we knew that it was coming and it was so real and so alive, even (laughs) though nobody had seen it in person except for like, Four of us, basically. Four people were the only ones who have seen it in person. Everybody else just knew that it was coming. But they had glimpses. They heard stories. They saw a picture of it. (laughs) And yet they grabbed a hold of it. And yesterday was electric. Like, worship was taken to another place in the spirit because of that expectation. And with confessions, you know, as we're speaking the word of God over ourselves, that same expectation should also be there this coming Sunday. Because the more I speak this word, and That's I realize right. that That's the right. reality of God is real, I should come in next Sunday also yeah, shaking with right. excitement. Like I was that's physically exactly shaking because right. I was so excited to bless <laughs> you. It should be no different on Sunday. That's too. right. Well, it's supposed to be rising and every step yeah. getting brighter and brighter. And, um, you know, one thing that the Lord reminds me of is we set our hearts, uh, it was a few years ago, where in, the, in one year's period of time as a ministry, we gave seven cars yeah. away. You know, we gave seven cars away. So we we bought and paid for, or somebody donated personally I was to one the of them. yeah, bought and paid for it. seven cars. Yeah. that we handed to people. Here's the keys. Here's the keys. And to you clarify, know? not that I was one that bought it. I yeah, received yeah. one. Of yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it was such a blessing and such such a thing. And it was like. People needed those. That was what they needed. And when we set our heart to serve, that's the kind of stuff the Lord notices and he he pays attention to. And he'll bring an anointing to bring a harvest to that. And uh, it's the same type of way with the word of God. When you set your your heart to confess the word of God and speak the word of God, uh, things change. You know, for example... um, this morning when Apostle Bill called me, um, one of the things that he said, he told me uh, two specific things besides the word about the car, but I wrote them down instantly because I'm going to go back, I'm going to review them, I'm going to confess them. He said, what has been hard in the past Hmm. will be easy starting in 2023. It's going to be easy. And uh, then he said, there's going to be a stretching. In other words, you're stretching to go to those new levels. There'll be a stretching of myself, a stretching of the body. And uh, so I'll look at this. You know, the Lord told me something about 2023, the year of glory. I've got it written down. I go back. I hear these words from the Lord, or I get these words, or I get these words of promise. I go back, and I will meditate on them. I I will think on them like, Brother Tracy, it applies for us as well. The seven supernatural harvest, yeah. you know, for this year. You go back to them, you review them, you go over them, and as you as you do that, you start to see these things. You remind yourself of God said this. 
God said this. The Lord said this, not just some mere man without God. God said this. And when when you start to remind yourself, no, this is the creator of the universe that said, light be and light was. He said this about 2023 being the year of glory, right? Mm -hmm. He said this about even this year, the year of multiplied increase. This year is not over. And I really already believe that this has, for the most part, occurred, is our people have gotten something inside of them believing God for increase. In other words, it's not just increase in a year. It's increase for the rest of their life because they don't look at things small anymore. They don't look at things small. They look at this. uh, This is a multiplied increase. So these are words that God spoke. And as we speak them, they come to life, right? Uh, they, They manifest. That's God's plan. He speaks them to uh, man, to mankind, and then we speak them, made in his image and likeness, and when we confess that word, yeah. it comes to pass. Amen. So, that's, and that's where we need to live. Again, you know, looking at like James chapter 1, uh, James chapter 1, he says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, but yet does not bridle his tongue, uh, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Yeah. And so what you see is if we will not correct our speech by correcting our heart and our mind renewal only, and we won't correct our speech to say the things of God, and we won't bridle those ungodly, unproductive things, the Bible says by the Holy Spirit that our religion, our belief system is worthless, Yeah. right? So that, now think about this. If I had everything right, watch this. If I had everything right in my spiritual life, but that one item, I didn't bridle my tongue, and I spoke ungodliness, and I spoke and I spoke things that were unproductive, all the rest of it has no value. Right. That's what that scripture says. And you can see an evidence of this with Zechariah, the son of John the Baptist, or the dad of John the Baptist. He said when he uh, heard of John the Baptist and the miracle coming to pass, he spoke words of unbelief. They were very similar in what the words were that Mary said that was faithful. Right. Mary had a faithful response. John the Baptist had an, or Zechariah had an unfaithful response. Mary said, how can these things be? Like, I'm looking forward to watching how you work this out. This is yeah. going to be awesome. That was the heart, like when you look at the original language, that's how she said it. Uh, Zechariah, John the Baptist, was like, how's that going to be? I can't see how that's ever going to happen. That was the heart behind how he said it. And the angel, God sent an angel and said, strike him dumb. He's going to mess up this whole plan. Mm -hmm. In other words, he may have everything else right, but because he can't bridle his tongue, he's going to mess up the birth of John the Baptist who's supposed to go in front of Jesus, make him quiet, right? He was going to to blow it up with his words and everything else that he was doing well. He was a priest in the temple. Everything else that that he was doing was worthless because he didn't know how to bridle his his mouth and bridle his confessions. This is one of those things that's very important for us to grab a hold of. And you can see that we can have everything right but not speak right, no value on your belief system. 
yeah, that's that's sobering. Yeah. You know, that's sobering. So, well, one, the thing that was just coming to me like right now was just also the importance of um, not pursuing this half-heartedly. Um, like, yeah. Like, I'm the heal of the Lord. No, it didn't work. You know, like, yeah, I yeah. guess the con- whole confession thing is not, is bogus, you know, like, because that's what people will try to do. You know, yeah. that's why people like, oh, I don't believe that name and claim it stuff because they probably one time was like, okay, I believe for this. Yes. And, and they did it half-heartedly. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29. And, well, and what happens is they did not yeah. actually believe. No. Yeah. They tried and they thought they were, but they mm-hmm. weren't actually in faith and there was the disconnect. Yeah. But they thought they were in pride. They yeah. thought they were doing everything right. Yeah. And, and so that's what happens just to yeah. give them mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and they probably at the same time like make one good confession and then undo it with 30 other bad confessions. Yeah. Well, I'm, right. you know, I'm going through this. I'm dealing with this. And then... And then in, in their prayer time, they're like, okay, I'm going to make a good confession. But then as they're talking to people, yeah. they're, uh, they're confessing the yeah. negative as well. So yeah. basically completely unwriting and undoing that whole confession. But uh, like, like the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, I think it's 13, it says, uh, you will seek him and find him when you seek after him with your whole heart. Yes. So if I'm yeah. half-heartedly, okay, let me try this, try this out and see what happens. But, the, you know, I'm not wholeheartedly actually right. giving myself to... No, this is what the Bible says. I'm going to make sure that it's my right. reality. I'm going right. to make sure that if the enemy is attacking me physically, I'm going to make sure that I'm speaking out, not what the devil wants me to say, yeah. but yes. what God wants me to say. Yes. That's wholeheartedly yeah. seeking him, yeah. not just maybe half-heartedly. Let, let's try this and see if it works, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to work. <laughs> you know, like right. that's, you're, not, you're not speaking in faith, yeah. and, and you're not actually putting your faith in what the Word says. You're just kind of like trying it out. But a lot of times what... what at least, and I'm basing this off of experience, um, what I've done in the past is, is um, like, I'll make a good confession, but then in my mind, I'm just meditating on the problem over yeah, and over and yeah. over again. So, like, like, and I recognize that, that my thoughts I'm, is me speaking to myself. Like, I'm not using my, my mouth, but, like, I'm speaking all these things. What's, it, what's basically happening is uh, I'm, medi- like, I'm letting my heart meditate on those wrong thoughts and those yeah. wrong things. Yeah. While I might be saying the right things, I'm meditating on the wrong things. So inevitably, when I'm speaking, I'm not speaking in faith. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of confessing a lot of negative things yeah. in my head, and, yeah. and it'll eventually come out because that's where, you know, an that's overflow right. of the heart, that's right. the mouth speaks. Yeah. So, you know, if I just kind of give one good confession, but then I'm not really even in that place of faith, Following you know, it up, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so following it up. So I'm going to give an example now, but what's an example that you guys, whether you're watching live or in the archive, um, what's an example where you have actually maybe done the right thing and, and tried to step into faith but then confessed the wrong thing? What's some examples of that so other people can see it? But a lot of times what we'll see is we'll see somebody like on Sunday morning hear a faithful message and go up to the altar and really receive... Remember that faith must remain. It doesn't, you can't just have put faith once and then be out of faith and it still be working for you, right? As soon as you you have faith, you're fully persuaded, you keep that full persuasion of it. You keep that diligence in faith and then that's when the supernatural is working. But if you cut faith off after you started faith, you have no promise to receive the manifestation. Right. So many times people will be sitting there and 
They'll hear a faithful message on Sunday morning. Oh, glory to God, Lord, I'm the healed of the Lord. They'll confess, I'm the healed of the Lord. But then they go to work Monday morning, and somebody goes, how you doing? You're like, oh, I just felt it's been so hard, and I just felt so bad this morning. It was hurting so much this morning. And what they're doing is what you were saying, buddy, is they're, they're actually meditating yeah. more, and they're, they're sabotaging yeah. their faith that they had that was working. Yeah. Like if from if that scenario happened, from Sunday morning, yeah. the anointing came in yeah. and it's working in their body. It's yeah. working, it's working. Yeah. But the moment that they start <laughs> meditating on how much the reality of the fact is, yeah. instead yeah. of meditating on the reality of God's truth, mm -hmm. they, re they meditate on the pain, they meditate on it's hard according mm -hmm. to the word, world, they meditate on those things, they yeah. literally, the process that was working, yeah. stops. Yeah. Yeah. It stops at that moment. Yeah. And then they think, well, I tried faith. Yeah. No, I, I love, I heard this years ago, uh, I think it was Keith Moore, he said, no, you didn't try faith, faith tried you and found you lacking, yep. right? Faith tried you. And in other words, faith came and put you to the test of are you going to maintain faith yeah. or not? Yeah. Right, and so a lot of times, a lot of times, that is a very uh, a real reality. I yeah. mean, it's a very much a reality for a lot of people, and that's where we don't want to give up. We just say, "All right, let me continue my confession. Yeah. Let yeah. me continue to believe." And I've had moments where I've uh, had faith that has definitely waned, that has dropped off, and and I just had to pick it back up. That's yeah. it. You yeah. just put it back on. You know. You're just like, oh man, I felt that that I felt that decline in my faith. Just remind yourself of the word, right. confess the word again, and put it back on. Yeah. What as you're talking, this oh, trying to put it in the right order. What came up to me was the story of David and King Saul, yeah. and how Saul, whenever he was apart from David, and he had been meditating on junk. What was yeah. in his heart, what was in his mind was junk. But yeah. when he came into the presence of David, into the presence of the anointed one in yes. that way, all of a sudden, all those thoughts That's were right. gone. That's right. And so as you're talking about how Sunday morning you can receive and be in faith, but then someone were to go to work on Monday and how are yeah. you doing? You're meditating on junk. Yeah. All that was coming up to me was abide you yeah. know you you preached it yesterday abide in the lord that's right if we'll be in the anointing yeah. and purpose ourselves to abide yeah. and not just have sunday morning be the only time where we're in the presence of the lord yeah, yeah. but we'll actually abide in him mm -hmm. what problem can stay in the yeah. anointing there's right. no problem that yeah. can stay in the anointing and the anointing is not just corporate i should carry yes. the anointing of yes. god that's and when right. i'm in my home and a problem were to arise the first thing i should do is get into him because in him all problems are dissolved that's right like yeah. solutions come when you're in him that's so right so i can carry that faith because i'm in him and if i'm with him a solution's already there yeah yeah so if we'll have a continual abiding when we go to work when we're in our home when we're at the store if we'll abide in him we're yes. not going to be meditating on the issues because we're that's meditating right. on the king that's right yeah if you want to if you want to have the right confession out of the heart the mouth speaks 
So one of the things you must do is change your mindset. Yeah. You have to see it. You're, and that's where Ab- it says Abraham in Romans 4, I believe it is. Abraham became fully persuaded. Yeah. He was fully persuaded. Well, how do you become fully persuaded? You meditate on the word and you put that word in and you put that word in, you put that word in. Yeah. You know, I don't have a question whether or not God's a, a prosperous God, if he's a giving God and a, a God who wants to bless. And that didn't just happen yesterday because I was gifted a car. Mm-hmm. You know, that happened because I, even the car, I knew that before yesterday. That's yeah. why yesterday happened. Yeah. You know, that, that's why those things happen in that way because I've known that for some time. We've sown towards that. Yeah. We confess those things, right? And uh, when you are fully persuaded, that's when the word works. That's when you're fully persuaded and you hold that persuasion. You, you stand fast. You hold fast. Uh, that's when the word works for us. So Amen. Did Hannah have? She said, I've noticed a temptation to confess the wrong things when speaking to others who aren't living by the word of faith to better relate to them out of fear, thinking that they'll argue over my confession. Yeah, yeah. They'll, uh, a lot of times, so so in other words, what she's saying is she would uh, back off of her confession in front of people simply because they thought she knew that they'd probably come against it. But the thing is, the Lord will give you wisdom on how yeah. to speak it. And a lot of times I won't even, I won't even talk to people about that. You know, I won't talk to people about those things. Right. I'll just bring up other things, you know. Uh, I don't want to give them something to argue over. Unless the Lord tells me to, maybe he wants them. He wants to challenge their thinking. So just the leading of the Holy Ghost will do that. But a lot of times that peer pressure will cause us to drop. That peer pressure will cause us to drop our confession and drop our faith. And, uh, you know, that's where we have to really make sure that that we are... um, not allowing our faith to drop for any reason. Yeah. See, I want I want us I think about this. This helps me. I want to stand before God and have him say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Yeah. I don't want to stand before him and say, "Well, you were doing good until you got in front of that person and then you dropped your faith." Right? right? And that in other words, that person to me is not as valuable in what they're saying, their speech and their thoughts towards me is not as valuable as God's thoughts towards me, right? He's the priority. He's the one I'm seeking to please. He's the one who can judge me. So, and the Bible teaches that if he's the one that judges us, he's the one that we ought to be paying attention to, right? More than anybody else, more than any other uh, situation, he's the one that we should pay attention to in that, so. Uh, Buddy's mom, Mama Chris, says, I I twisted my knee and was believing for a complete restoration of my knee, but everyone around me kept focusing on the limitations of my knee and speaking negative confessions over me, such as, you won't be able to walk tomorrow, and I just had to keep professing that my knee was getting better and better with each step, only to hear another negative word spoken over me. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you just keep it up. You know, I don't want to stand in front of God and and hear, well, you weren't in faith. Right. You know, you you didn't believe me. You didn't trust me. God is worthy yeah. of our faith. He is worthy of trusting yeah. regardless of what other people are saying. Matter of fact, he'll do it in spite of them 
if you will be believing. Yeah. You know, the yeah. eyes of the Lord are going to and fro about the whole earth, yeah. looking for someone whose heart is pure and, and uh, perfect towards him, mature yeah. towards him, yeah. that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Yeah. He's looking for people that are faithful. Yeah. yeah, He's looking for people that knows what he wants to do. He's yeah. not looking for people that'll waver, yeah. right, and doubt in that way. Yeah. He's looking for people that'll stand. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't mean we have to be rude. It doesn't mean that we have to be, you know, boisterous and in, in your face, you know, with our faith. That doesn't mean that you have to do that. But uh, there are moments where you need to be that way with the devil. Yeah. And sometimes people let the devil talk through them. Yeah. And so there's, there are moments like that. But uh, we've got to get it so solid and secure. You know, most time people say stuff like that, and I'll just smile at them. I don't answer them, yeah. and I don't change my confession. I'll just, I'll just smile at them, and I know that if I even tried to argue, they're going, they're going to come up with some reason to defend how they're right, even yeah. when they're wrong. I just smile at them, and then as I'm walking away, I say, "Lord, that'll never happen to me." Amen. Lord, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm, I'm. <laughs> I have prosperity. I'm I'm out of debt. I am yeah. protected. Like that's not happening, you know. Yeah. Uh, somebody said something the other day about being old or something like that, and uh, I was like, "Lord, that doesn't happen to me." I will confess out loud that doesn't happen yeah. to me. Yeah. I might not confess it to their face, but I I confess it yeah. to the Lord. I speak over it. Basically, I cancel their words with my own words based off faith. Well, something right? I learned you do, or like I watched you do over time, was people would say something, and your a response you would say is, I understand what you're saying. Because yeah. you do. Yeah. Like you yeah. know the heart of what they're trying to say. It's not yeah. that you agree yeah. with it. But th in reading those couple of comments that came in, one of the things that was sticking out to me is, Applying God's ways makes us a peculiar people. Yes. Like when yeah. we truly start walking yeah. in the things of God, we're the remnant. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like we at this moment are the multitudes. We're the remnant that are to turn That's the right. multitudes into yeah. his people. Mm -hmm. So looking like him, talking like him, applying yeah. his ways, it makes us peculiar. That's right. People are That's going right. to think that it's weird, that yeah. it's different. They're going to have questions. Yeah. Some people's flesh won't like it. The word tells us that yeah. for some it'll be an aroma leading them to death, but for others it's an aroma of life. Yes. So to the ones who will hear and have ears to hear, yeah. they're going to hear it and wonder, why do you say it this way? Why Why is your life going so well? Yeah. To the others, they've yeah. already decided it doesn't work yeah. for them. So yeah. wasting the time arguing unless yeah. led of God in that moment, it's it's pointless, but yeah, you're no, peculiar. It, yeah. you, if you have somebody that the Holy Ghost basically lets you know that they're going to argue it, that's where the verse, you know, casting your pearls before swine yeah. is. And uh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to take the valuable things of God and throw them in front of somebody who does not consider them valuable, yeah. right? Um, and so you're fine to walk away. It, that doesn't bother me one bit. I'll say, I'll say, I understand where you're coming from. I'll say that's that's interesting. Um, <laughs> it is interesting. You know, I'm not telling you what part of it's interesting. I'm just saying it's interesting. And um, so that's I'm giving you a response. Yeah, that's very interesting. And um, and that doesn't, if I say that, doesn't mean it's bad. <laughs> it can just mean I have neutral thoughts on that. Every you know? person's going yeah. through, when's the last when's, time yeah. he told me? <laughs> when has he told me that's interesting? And that, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, will you give me something where I can value their, their uh, fellowship 
but not necessarily agree with what yeah. they said or make a bad confession. And he gave me that years ago, and I've been using it you know, ever since then. Miss Chris said her knee is much better today and walked Amen. up a whole flight of steps. Amen. Faith at work. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, let read uh, Sydney's comment there. Sydney says, I'm sure many are familiar with Anna's birth story. Anna's yeah. her daughter. There were, men, or there were times when the doctor said the worst, that there was temptation for her to drop faith. Now looking back, Anna was destined to triumph the whole time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's something that the Lord showed <laughs> to me years ago and I bring up quite often in our walk of faith is that... Um, because he brought this up to me one time I had a situation and I was worried and concerned over it and uh, we got to the end of it and it all worked out. Yeah. It all worked out. And uh, God brought it up to me after the fact and he said, he said, you remember when you were worried and concerned and anxious and fretting over that situation? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, sir. He said, what good did it do you? Mm -hmm. uh, he said, how valuable was that anxiousness? The Lord's so fun. <laughs> and I was like, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. And uh, he said, all of that was wasted energy and effort because this was solved before you even prayed it. Yeah. You just wasted all of that anxiousness, all of that care, completely wasted energy. He said, matter of fact, it could have actually kept you from receiving. It could have blocked right. what I wanted to do it is invaluable, unproductive. You should never do it, which is why I said be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Cast your cares on the Lord. And when, you know, we in him, we have no reason to fear. When yeah. we're in him, we have no reason to fear. Uh, the reason why we fear most of the time is we're not actually in him. Yeah. You know, we're not abiding in him, in yeah. who he is. We're not fully persuaded of his character. We're not yeah. fully persuaded of his nature. We're not fully persuaded of his promises. Yeah. And so we're not abiding in the character and nature of him. We're abiding in our belief yeah. system of who he is and what he's holding back. Yeah. And that's what causes us to fret. Amen. Yeah. But when we understand that he's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly, yeah. we've been made righteous so every person can that's been made righteous in his family can walk uprightly. Yeah. He doesn't have any plans to hold things back from me. He's yeah. got plans to get things to us, right? Yeah. And when we see that, our you know, years ago, years and years ago in faith, one of the things that the Lord really brought me to was, uh, I mean, he really, really brought me to this, was his character and nature. Like, if I just know his character and nature, I don't even have to know the full promise yet. Yeah. It's good for me to get the word and to get the exact promise and the exact word, of course. But when I know his character and nature, yeah. it already solves that stuff before I even have the word. Like, yeah. you're going to fix this. I don't know how, and I don't know the you know the channels that you will use to bring this about, but it's going to work. Yeah. It's because that's who you are. Yeah. You are absolute perfect love, and yeah. you, and you have decided to point that love towards us. Yeah. yeah, like that's amazing. That's who you are. Your character is a protector. Yeah. your character is a giver. Your character yeah. is to save us. Your character is to heal us. Yeah. Your character is to provide for us and prosper us. You put it in your names. That's how you named yourself because that's your character. Right. 
Yeah. And so anything that crosses or goes contract, uh, contradictory to those names and to his character, it's easy for me to see that's not happening. Yeah. That's not happening. Yeah. You know, I might be in a cursed world, but God will deliver me. I might be in a cursed world, but God will protect me. You know, and you start believing for those things and seeing those things. So, amen. I started smiling a second ago because I realized another uh, bad confession that I don't think we've said yet is saying amen at the wrong spots or to the wrong things because I did it a second ago. I was like, <laughs> oh, that was wrong. Yeah, I stopped doing that some years ago. Every now and then I've, I've missed it. But uh, amen means so be it. And so it always gets so tickled. When a preacher gets going and they're like, and the devil is trying to fight against people, and people go, amen, like so be it, let them fight. I'm like, no, 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 stop. No. The not so be it. No, not amen. <laughs> Bad Christian, stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not amen. I'll, I'll say, that's why I'll say, that's right. Uh, that is what he is trying to do. You know, I'm agreeing with the point but not prophesying it to come into being. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good COVID one. COVID is out to get you. Yeah, yeah. The devil's using COVID to get you. You <laughs> unknowledgeable Christian. Amen! You know, no, no, no. <laughs> Reel that back in. Put it back in your pocket. That, save that amen for something God's doing. <laughs> yeah. so you said something a second ago that was along those lines, and I was yeah. like, Ain't nope. Yeah. Like I stopped at the myth. <laughs> Hannah says, I for sure said amen at the wrong parts. I did it at the minister's conference. Yeah. I think I was the only one that said it too. Amen. <laughs> Probably not. Amen. Probably not. <laughs> and then Hannah says, God is so medical. Merciful. Merciful. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's <Yeah>. typos. Maybe lost her Oh, man. Joni says, God literally named himself after his character and yeah. nature, and yet somehow in the past there was an opportunity of thinking, is he really like that? Yeah, I know. Isn't that so crazy? It's like, my God, Jehovah Jireh, he is the Lord who provides. It's like, and then and then we're sitting there like, is God going to provide for this? Are you feeling like, generous today, Lord? Yeah, like, Lord, are you going to help me today? And, and are you willing to give to me? Like, that's my name. You know, <laughs> it's my name. And uh, I named myself by the Holy Ghost yeah. to tell you who I am. Like, yeah. that's literally yeah. the same as if you were to go into, like, Verizon and be like, do you do stuff with phones here? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if you're known for phones, but did you switch to food? <laughs> yeah. Like, no one's going in asking for a Happy yeah. Meal at Verizon because yeah, they yeah. know it's branded phone. Yes. If it be your will, can yeah. you fix my phone? Yeah. I'm yeah. okay if not. Yeah. I know I pay you to yeah. do this, but, you know. Like, they'd look at you like you were nuts. That's, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's who they are. That's what they do. I was trained to help you. Yes. Verizon willing. Skyler. And I never take my phone to Skyler, Verizon. good to see you. Said, hey, everybody. Yeah, I, I, I seriously want that t shirt. Like, save that amen for something God actually does. <laughs> I'm so excited I, I for a new merch. Something on that. Yeah, we need, we need to have a merch uh, line on there. But save that amen for something God, for God's actual character or something. <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> oh, man. Amen. Well, and, oh, sorry. <laughs> 
I was just going to read Marky's question, but I can Go hold for on. it. Marky said, very random question regarding speaking things. What are your thoughts on saying bless him when ministers are preaching? Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Marky I'm stirring. Yeah, I know. I have, <laughs> I have torn thoughts on this. Yay. <laughs> because it's not, it's not wrong to bless them, and I want people praying for me. But a lot of times you have the people that are saying that, a lot of times their heart is like, you know, it's almost like this. He don't know what he's doing. Lord, he needs your help. Bless him. Like, and they're right. sitting from a position. They're like positioning themselves over the minister like he needs their help. You know, if he's an actual minister, the greater is, you know, the lesser is blessed by the yep. greater in that way. They position themselves as the as the greater in that. So you'll notice I never say that. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things that was coming to me is something that I remember Brother Tracy. That, uh, well, yeah. and think about this. If they're giving, what are they not doing? Receiving. Receiving, yeah. And in that moment, they've positioned themselves to have outward pressure instead of receiving. Yeah. So they're not flowing with the anointing. So I'm not real keen on that. To say that I don't want somebody praying for me, ludicrous. But um, and I'm I'm talking I'm not talking about laying on the hands. I'm not talking about blessing in that way. To have them praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, being yeah. led by the Spirit, and praying for me. I want everybody praying by the Spirit, pray for yeah. me. Yeah. But there is there is a there's a rank structure yeah. in the kingdom, and like, it's important. Like our job is not to come up and lay hands on you. No. That would be improper. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that you it's not that you won't. You know, at times, maybe, but it'll be led by the Lord only. It's not like an all-the-time thing where you would do that, you know. Um, so it's just, you know, there's some things people don't know about rank structure, and, and because of that, they can't receive. They actually set themselves in a position where they can't receive what God's actually trying to give yeah. them. But, yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, what, basically what I was going to say was... Um, and it's something that I remember Brother Tracy talking about, especially when it, when we're talking about confessions and the importance of speaking life. Yeah. Um, and I know we were talking about like, you know, when when you receive like healing or 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 something like that, a lot of times people can receive it, make those proper confessions, yeah. and they can even feel better. Like for yeah. example, like healing. And the next day, the counterattack comes, yes. where the enemy tries to bring a symptom on them, and that yep. and basically how we respond to that crucial you know because yes. people can yeah. be like oh well i guess i wasn't healed or i guess it didn't work or oh no i'm Not feeling it again, at all which yeah. isn't true yeah yeah and so you know it's like when the devil gets cast out and he goes out um from it and comes back and yeah basically like he comes back and he looks to check to see like has has my occupation been replaced yeah. with something else you know yeah. um and if have, you, have has it been filled yeah has this spot been filled yeah and and you see that with demonic possession yeah but and we get that we understand that but where we haven't understood it is fully is is he all right he cast me out and he cast out my thinking has his thinking been filled yeah. with the right thing right right mm -hmm. is there or can i come back in his thinking right that's what that's yeah. what's happening yeah, and so he comes back, knocks on the door with a symptom. Yeah, and basically has that's a that's a great analogy. Yeah, and, say and so, that again. <laughs> so, so basically, the enemy comes back, knocks on the door with a symptom, like, right. "Hey, are you going to let me in or not?" And how we react in response to that is crucial. 
Yeah. No, I am the heel to the Lord. Yes. Get out. Okay, it's locked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, or, oh, no, I guess it didn't work. Oh, the door's wide open, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's one way where, with our confessions, yeah. you know. And, and, but the thing, the, the thing with that is, is that counterattack is a lot more important than we ever recognize, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I remember Brother Tracy w- was talking about it where he was talking about how Jesus, when he faced that demonic storm, right? Yeah. And he came against it, and his authority cast it out. You know, he had yeah. that authority. He was successful. He was victorious. You know, when we come up and we receive that victory, we're, we're successful. We're victorious. Yeah. Um, and, and it's that counterattack that, for, that, that Brother, Brother Tracy was basically saying, that's where the enemy gets a lot of believers. That's right. It's not in the initial yep. attack, because they'll stand yep. up, and, the, and, and they'll, they'll stand in their faith and in their yeah. righteousness. Yes. But whenever yes. that second attack comes, it's like, oh, no, did, did that first one work? Like, and all of a sudden they start second-guessing themselves and second-guessing yeah. their faith. Yeah. No, the same authority that worked the first time will work the second time. Yeah. You know, because yeah. when Jesus yeah. got to the other side and that, that the demonic man came up to him, he wasn't like, oh, no, I just faced one demon. You know, yeah. like it's a, he was saying oh, it's no, the yeah. same attack. another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Brother Chase was saying, it's the same attack. Yeah. You know, it's the same demonic thing. But the same authority he had to cast it out of that, to, to end that, that demonic yeah. storm was the same authority he had to cast the devil yeah. out of that man, you know? And so, and so if we're, when we received it that first time and a symptom comes back, we have that same exact authority, you know, to, to come against it yeah. and to, to rise up against it. And with our mouth say, no, I'm the heel to the Lord. Yes. I received my healing. This isn't coming back. Yeah. And, and, it, and it can be that, just that simple for the devil to recognize, okay, no, I'm not welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's that change of thinking and, and that change of, of, I need, uh, personally, I need to work on, you know, when that, when that counterattack comes, not questioning the first victory yeah. of did it actually work, but no, yeah. it, it worked, and I'm going to yeah. come against it again, and it's, and it's finished. That's right. That's so good, and I'll be stealing that anal- analogy or borrowing it from you. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's exactly right. You know, he yeah. comes back, and, and he, I love that, knocks on the door with a symptom, you know, and that is exactly where many people lose it. Like they're wanting to have a victory. They're wanting yeah. to agree, but they won't. They don't make it through that. Yeah. You know, they're relying a lot of times on the minister's faith when they first receive it, but they don't have it full, full persuasion of it in them. And so when the counterattack comes, that positive pressure doesn't come out of them, yeah. right? Yeah. They receive the attack. It's like, oh, Oh, that must be it. And so if they'll yield to the reception of the attack, then they'll have it. They'll yeah. have the attack and it'll work on them. You know, so yeah. and if you've ever found yourself in that, just stop. Just yeah. turn it around today. So you know what? I don't receive that anymore. <coughs> I renounce that. I reject that. I am the healed of the Lord. I yeah. am prosperous. I am out of debt. I am whatever it is. Yeah. And um, you just speak the word of God yeah. over it and you stand in that and be yeah. fully persuaded in it. Well, as you're talking, it brings me back to what the Lord had me say earlier about abiding in him. Because it's not, it is, but it isn't. Like, it's not that it's the same thing and it's just weaning off. It's trying to reclaim its territory. So in the example of that symptom, like you said, it's already defeated. And so what was coming up to me as you're talking is there was one time where Brother Tracy was ministering to me here and he was he was prophesying that something was about to happen in my life, just a, a certain type of increase. He's like, now it's going to come. Don't change what you're doing. The increase is coming because of what you have been doing. So don't change it just because right. something changes. 
And a lot of times, it's what you were just saying, we think it didn't work, so we try and change our tactic. No, it did work, so yeah. we just keep doing what we're doing, yeah. and it'll have to flee. That's right. And that resisting the devil, mm -hmm. submitting yeah. to God, the enemy has to flee. Yeah. So how did it leave the first time? We yeah. were abiding in the Lord. We were in the anointing. We were with him. Yeah. In him we live. Yes. It, in him we live. If we go nowhere yeah. else out of that verse, in him we live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're in him, there's no death that's allowed to come in him. Life and only life yeah. is allowed to be where he is. Yeah. Life in the fullness till it yeah. overflows. So if we're feeling a lack, get into him and yeah. it'll work every time because yeah. it's who he is. I had a, um, uh, Miss Chris said this. She said, I have learned so much from this ministry. So thankful. <laughs> that is an awesome testimony. Yeah. Praise God. Um, so, Keith Moore had an old song about healing that it, I, it comes up to me often. And uh, just the words were, after I've received the anointing for healing, that he'll, the song says, it's working, it's working, it's working in my body, right? In other yeah. words, it's active and working right now. You just keep standing. Yeah. The manifestation is happening as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. As we speak, mm -hmm. it is working. Yeah. So yeah. glory to God. And I think one of the reasons that the abiding in him is strong on me today yeah. is this morning, and I didn't tell the prayer team, I haven't told you yet, this morning I woke up and thought I was going to be sick, like all morning long, yeah. um, not until I got to prayer, during a good chunk of prayer. Like yeah. I just was like, man, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And I, I, I had the temptation come. Do I ask somebody else to cover prayer? And immediately, I was like, yeah. no. Yeah. I get out of this by abiding in him. Yeah. I'm going to do the yeah. same thing if I'm at the house or at the church. Yeah. So I came, and it broke. Halfway through prayer, yeah. the symptoms left, like feeling like I needed to throw up left. Yeah. And yeah. I went home feeling like I was on top of the world yeah. because we came and abided in him. That's right. It being where he is, that's, that's key. In him you live. I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've done that preaching where an attack comes and I just I just say no. Yeah. I'm gonna go preach. The anointing comes and I couldn't even tell I was under attack. I, you know, yeah. um, it attacks, attacks. The devil is constantly formulating them and aiming them towards you. It doesn't mean that attacks won't try. Yeah. What it means is that no matter what the attack is or how it tries, no matter what's going on with that attack, you it will not prosper yeah. again. It, yeah. You know, every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. And Jesus said, I was manifested for this purpose, to destroy the works yeah. of the enemy. Yeah. So that, that attack should be destroyed. Yeah. And I put faith on that. That's why that's in that confession in that way. And uh, Michelle said sometimes uh, healings are not like instant potatoes, you know. Uh, what, and one of the things that she's talking about there is where you, there's a difference between the, the gift of healing and the gift of miracles, Right. Uh, healing is a supernaturally sped up health of the body. Yeah. In other words, it heals itself quicker than it should have in, in the fleshly uh, realm. Uh, but a miracle is an instantaneous, yeah. you know. So if you see somebody healed instantaneously, that's a miracle, right? Yeah. That's not healing. That's a miracle. It, it can't have done it that way. Healing is, healing is where it's sped up. 
But that just means you might not see it right then. But if you'll say, I believe that I have received that anointing by the word of God and by my faith, I have it now, it's working in my body, then it's working. But you might not feel anything. You might not feel any different. But that doesn't mean it's not in you and working in that moment. One of the things that I got a hold of by this is one of the things that I've seen is many times, Many times now, since I grabbed a hold of that, uh, people would be sick, and they would be sick for weeks, and and the same attack would try to come. I'd be done in a day or two. Yeah, as many times I pray that over my kids, I pray it over you know everybody. Many times that happens yeah. like that. So yeah, you just you want to believe that the power of God is working and received regardless of how you feel. We're not led by sight. Yeah. We're led by faith, and sight is representative of all the sense realms in that in that context. We're not led by how we feel. We're not led by our sight. We're not led by what we think about. We're led by God yeah. and the Word of God and the promise of God and the character and nature of God, yeah. and we put that on regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we think, regardless of what we see, and when we do that and we confess those things, yeah. uh, it works. Amen. Um, I want to go to this story before we finish up here, and I want to go to uh, Mark chapter 11 and verse 12 through 14 at first. And I want you to see this. So now we know this is the beautiful thing about Jesus that really gives us some insight into the mechanics and the context of things is that we know he didn't say anything. He only said what he heard the Father say, right? That's a beautiful Thing. It really helps us with some doctrine and figuring out some context. So we know that everything that Jesus said, he had a word for. Right. Right. He only, which also, what can we learn from that? My goodness, if the Son of God needs to only say what God said, yeah. how much could we benefit from yeah. that? You know, how much could we benefit from yeah. that as well? If he saw the importance mm-hmm. of only saying what God said, yeah. I think a lot of us probably need to keep our mouths quiet more often than what we have been. Yeah. And that's something, and we should only say what he says. So here's uh, Mark eleven twelve says, On the next day when they had left Bethany, he became hungry, seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf seeing a fig tree in leaf. He went to see if perhaps uh, he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. So it's it's not the season for figs, right? It's not the season for figs, but it had leaves on it, which showed him there could be some fruit on it, Yeah. right? And so he goes up to it. He saw that there were leaves on it. He was like, there could be some fruit. Even though it's not the season, maybe there is something there. He was hungry, which I love this too because it's like Jesus got hungry. He wasn't just like, oh, I never need to eat anything or sleep or do anything like that. No, he rested, he ate, he had to do the same stuff you and I do, right? right? And uh, so here he is and he came and then he, he found no figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Now, Brother Tracy has a teaching on this, uh, but what did he say? He didn't speak out something just out of emotion. Right. This was not emotion. That's where a lot of Christians get to the place where they're like, look at this. 
he, he's mad at that tree, so he speaks. So then they go and they try to curse things, stuff yeah. like that. This is not what's going on. Yeah. He's speaking what he heard God say. Right. Now, this always kind of bothered me until I got a revelation of it um, a few years ago. It, it kind of bothered us like, I mean, it wasn't even the season for figs. Like, what's he mad at the tree for? You know, why why is he like taking out this anger on the tree? Well, first of all, he's not he's not in anger. He's saying what the father told him to say, yeah. right? And I think the biggest point here was that you and I are more important than that tree. You you made in the image and likeness of God are more important than the creation right? You're more important than animals. You are not on the same level. You are not an animal. You are not in, you're not even in the same classification of animal. For, for science to put mankind as a species on the animal chart is a gross, a gross heresy against the image of God, right? You're not in that class. You are in, literally, the Bible teaches this, you are actually in a God classification. And the angels themselves said they were made, that we were made just a little bit lower than yeah. God, higher than angels, and a li- just a shade lower than God, simply because we didn't make ourselves. But with God, that's where we, that's where we live at. So for, to say you know, that, that creation is as important as we are is ridiculous. It is a lie and it is a bondage. It's definitely not truth, so it'll put you in bondage. And uh, this, I think what he said is, look, this tree who is not in your classification is going to be dealt with because it's out of order. It's out of line. I'm going to talk about that in a second. It's out of order and it's out of line, and it's utilized in this moment to teach us something about ourselves that we needed to know, that we needed to see and we needed to know. And uh, so... He says this, here's the thing. Why, why was God uh, not pleased with this tree? Why did, it, why did its life need to come to an end at this moment? See, the issue is God created things to produce. There, you know, basically what you see is there is one season in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities. I'm not, there, there's, there's seasons for everything. There is a season. I, I understand that. But what I, what I want us to see is the problem was the curse was in operation in this yeah. tree. He didn't just he didn't curse the tree. The tree was already in the curse. This is what Brother Tracy brings up. The tree was already in the curse. Yeah. It was already there. What Jesus did was he stopped the curse in this tree from ever fooling a man made in God's image again from ever act looking like it could be productive, but it wasn't. Yeah. He ended the curse. You'd, he was basically saying to the tree, you should, have been, you should have been in fruit and in a productive season because that's the command that's been the whole time. Okay, maybe man has allowed you to stay in this place, but you should have been fruitful this whole time. But I can tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to take uh, someone made in the image and likeness of God and give them false hope again, that curse is coming to an end in you today. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. And so what he also teaches us is it doesn't matter if it's the season or not, we should have fruit on us, right? We yeah. should have fruit on us. He's expecting us to be in fruitfulness 
Regardless, remember he said, I'm coming, I'll see if you have fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see if you have fruit. Well, Lord, it's just not the season for fruit. He said, no, every season is the season for fruit. Don't yeah. make that excuse. So he, this tree is helping <coughs> to teach us something about how we're made, about how uh, God has made the earth, yeah. about how it should be productive, and he's teaching us things about the curse. He's also teaching us something about confession because when he made the confession, the same confession that came out of God's mouth came out of Jesus' mouth, something happened, yeah. right? So in verse 20, it says, as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. <laughs> one, one night goes by from dusk to dawn, and the fig tree is withered from the roots up. And it doesn't typically happen from the roots up. Like if no. you if you look at a yeah. plant, it'll start to die leaves down. Yeah. It's it was a supernatural yeah. thing that it died root up. It happened at the root. Yeah. <laughs> it it didn't slowly fade away. This yeah. thing happened from his and watch this. I want you to see this. You can put this in the comment is when I you know, I'm, let me give you this first. When I confess what God confesses, it worked. Yeah. This is the power of a God confession. Yeah. Yeah. So you can put this in the comment. When I confess a godly confession, it works. Yeah. It works. Amen. Right? And so he says, uh, 20, verse 21, being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Notice here, that it's the disciples that said that he cursed it. Right. That he didn't he didn't necessarily correct that, but that's not what he did. It was already cursed. He's not the cursor. He brought an end to that curse. Yeah. An end to that deception that yeah. was in that tree. He brought an end to it. Like you have set yourself against the people made in God's image. That's not allowed to happen anymore. Yeah. Right? This tree was acting out of order. It was producing leaves but no fruit. It, it, it's out of line. It's out of, out of order with nature, and he brought an end to that curse that was already active yeah. in it. They misunderstood and said he cursed it. But Jesus answered them and said this. He said, have faith in God. Yeah. And we know from in the original language what this means is have faith the God kind of faith. Yeah. Have the God kind of faith. Uh, so in other words, what is the proper way of having faith? The proper way of having faith is that you confess the word of God. And then he goes on to, sh to show us that uh, in some of the greatest scriptures on faith. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever thinks about this mountain. No. No, that's not what it says, is it? He says, truly, truly, uh, whoever meditates about what this mountain needs to do. No, no. sir. No. He says, truly, truly, whoever says. Yeah. So yeah. he's showing us how to have the God kind of faith and apply faith like he just demonstrated. And it starts with a confession. Yeah. It starts with saying. It starts with speaking something, yeah. not thinking it, not meditating on it, but speaking yeah. the word of God. Yeah. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. So he moves, he has faith in his heart, but he doesn't allow doubt to come into his heart. 
This is a big key. In other words, he, they move in faith, but he, you see, doubt will come. But how you've got to take that doubt captive. No, I'm not allowing that to get into me, yeah. right? And so when you were saying earlier about confessions, you were saying, and all of a sudden that thing will happen, and I'm trying to even speak faith, but on the inside I'm thinking about the problem. I'm thinking yeah. about it. Then what's, what's happening is we're meditating on that doubt, yeah. and that's the way we get it in our heart. Yeah. So faith, you know, uh, doubt is not just non-faith right? It, they're two separate things. I can be in faith and have doubt in my head at the same time, right. but I can't le- let it stay there and stay in faith, right? Right. So I can be in faith in my heart and doubt trying to press in, trying to press in, trying to press in. And that the best way to take care of doubt is confess against it and be- believe when you confess it that this is it. No, I am the healed of the Lord. Remind yourself of his character, his nature, his promises. You know, on that cross, on that cross, Christ bore our sins and our sicknesses. Yeah. This is already paid for. Yeah. By his stripes, we were healed. I'm already healed. I'm, I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed manifesting that yeah. healing, yeah. right? And when you see that and you understand these things, then what will happen is you will not let doubt come in, right? And and we'll start to confess that, and we can speak that. No, I am the healed yeah. of the Lord. Now, you don't you don't make a right confession just by being loud. No, you make a right confession by speaking what God says and believing it with your heart. Amen. Confession is is a faith filled confession, or else it doesn't work. All right. So he says, but he doesn't doubt in his heart, but he believes. He believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Now, there's a key right there. When you, when you believe that it, no, this is happening, I know that as I speak this, these words are bringing it to pass. Yeah. When you know that, you'll see results. Amen. When you know it, when you know that yeah. you know, and you've got to meditate on God, his character and nature, and you've got to put those things in, when you know that you know that that's happening, and that's when I started seeing more healing and more power of God because I knew that power is going yeah. into them. Now, what really helped me to understand that was that every time I pray a prayer of yeah. faith, anointing is released. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that. Yeah. It tells you that when you pray a prayer of faith, it'll be done. Yeah. And yeah. so I know that it's released. Now, here's the thing. I might not feel that anointing physically. That person might not feel that anointing. We might not see the, the miracle manifest right at that moment. In other words, it may be healing, so it's a little bit longer process. But I know even if I don't see the miracle and I'm not feeling it and they're not feeling it, that does not mean it has not taken right. place. And when I knew that when I prayed, it's happening because God said it would, I started seeing so much more power of Amen. God. I mean, it multiplied instantaneously. Yeah. He says this, therefore I say to you, now watch this back in 23. He says, but believes that what he thinks Mm-mm. is going to happen, no, that no. what he meditates is going to happen. no. He, he believes that what he says, mm-hmm. Christianity is the great confession. It's the great confession. 
And it's what you say. It's what you speak. We have to speak. We can't sit silent. Yeah. The devil wants you to sit silent. The devil wants you to always just think about it in your head. The devil wants you to sit silent. God wants you to speak. Yeah. He wants you to confess. God wants you to confess and speak out his promises, his character, and nature, and you will have those things yeah. if you believe them, Amen. right? Yeah. And so then he says in verse 24, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, yeah. that you're speaking, you're praying, you're speaking it, believe that you have them already in your spirit, man. You, I have it now, and they will be granted or they will be manifested Amen. to you. This is, this is where we need to live, and we need to stay there all the time, speaking and believing those things. Um, Oh, gosh, there's so many, <laughs> so many things. Yep. Um, I have one thing I want to look up because I believe I have a note that I was supposed to share today. So if y'all have anything as we're wrapping up to say, go ahead. Yeah, um, honestly, like the, the, the key with that passage that's really struck me and completely shifted the whole way I looked at it because I would look, read that a lot of times believers will read that passage and get into presumption. You know, like, I'll have whatever I say, and I'll just say whatever I want to have, and then I'll have whatever I say, you know. And, and I know you're basically going into that yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's, it's You'll have whatever he says that you repeat. You know, I, I think you've talked about, like, even a double-edged sword, you know. Like, yes. Like, it's he speaks it, and then I speak it. Yeah. And that and that brings a that that brings a division between soul and spirit. That yeah. brings yes. that brings a life and a power that that we haven't seen before. Yeah. You know, like it's when I'm coming into agreement with what God has said. You know, like Jesus said in in John twelve forty nine. That's when he said, you know, whatever the Father like, I only say what I hear the Father saying. You know, and the whole concept have faith in God. You know, like have like my faith isn't in my confession. My faith isn't in uh, isn't in my faith, you yeah. know, oh, I'm a faith person, so I'll just say it. No, my faith's not in me being a faith person. Yeah. My faith is in God, yeah. you know, and it's only in God and it's not in any other thing. My faith is not even necessarily in my confession. It's my faith is in what the, me speaking what God says. My yeah. confession yeah. is me confirming, yes, God, I believe you, so I'm going to speak it. You know, right. that's, that's, right. that's the purpose of that confession is I'm coming into agreement with what God's already said. Yeah. That's yeah. why I have faith in the confession, not... Not because my faith is in the confession, but my faith is in the God who authorized yes, the, yes. the word, you know, yeah. and I, I know I'm going to have what I say. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, and I know we've talked a lot about why this benefits us personally, mm -hmm. but the entire reason we're here on this earth is for others. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. the sole purpose that's God right. kept us here instead of beaming mm -hmm. us right up to heaven the moment that we made him our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Is we live for other people. And so the words that come out of my mouth, they're a witness to what I truly believe. You know, God tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that our lives have been made, yeah. like we've been made new so that we, we can pick up the ministry of reconciliation, yeah. the ministry of telling yeah. the lost that there's a better way to live. There's a hope and a future and a destiny that they are designed for. But if we look like the world, talk like the world, 
think like the world, they're never going to connect to us because mm -hmm. we're demonstrating to them that yeah. we don't know a better way. Yeah. But yeah. when they hear the words of life come out of our out of our mouths, they see the goodness of God manifesting in our lives. There's going to be a wonderment that hits upon yeah. them. Yeah. You know, in the book of Acts, it wasn't just that they went and did. They said words of life. When they yeah. missed it, they would repent for it. But they spoke and carried a power, and the power comes from the yeah. abiding in him. The more I know about Pastor and Buddy, the more I'm able to confidently talk about them because I know them. My, when I testify of yeah. Pastor Brian is a man of God who is so patient and kind and has been transformed by the fire of God. There's a weight to it because I've spent time with you. Right. So what I'm speaking is credible in that way. Right. The more I spend time with That's God, right. yeah. my words yeah. become more credible yeah. because I'm yeah. not just spouting off at the mouth. I have evidence to back it up. I can say with all confidence, my God is good. And let me introduce you to him. Your yeah. witness is your confession. Yeah. Like it, it goes That's hand right. in hand. That's right. I'm glad I looked it up because this is a very important point on confessions. It actually matches several other things, but with confession and anything in the kingdom of God, and you can put this in the comments, to be supernaturally powerful, you must be willing to pay the price yeah. of being worldly cool yes. or funny, yes. right? To be supernaturally powerful, yeah. you have to be willing to pay the price of, be, of not being worldly cool. Yep or funny. Yeah. So for example, with that is the other day, I'll give, I'll give you this example and then you can apply it in different ways. We're celebrating uh, Rachel's birthday. She just turned 18. Uh, we're walking down the street and she decides at some point to reach up and try to jump and try to touch this limb. And when she did it, she failed pretty miserably like she was like a foot short of it like no air time whatsoever no mm -hmm. no nothing like that and my immediate thought was my immediate thought was well you could have reached that yesterday when you were 17 but now that you're 18 uh good luck you know and pick on her in that moment but see those are words of death those are not words of life. Yeah. That wasn't coming from the throne room. Um, would be prophesying yeah. age limiters in yeah. her life, right? And But now I want you to see this. I was very tempted to be funny yeah. and to be cool in that moment, but I was slow to speak and I didn't say that. Nobody even knew I had that thought till I just said it. You, In order to become supernaturally powerful, you have to be willing to pay the price of being cool yep. in the world's eyes yeah. and be or, or being funny in the world's eyes. So a lot of people are not willing to pay that price, and because of that, they do pay the price of never becoming powerful in the spirit. Yeah. Right? So you either pay the price uh, to be cool and, and, and miss power, yeah. or you pay the price to be powerful and miss cool, yep. according to the world. And many times that's where people's confessions are lacking is because they so much want people to like them because people's opinions have become their source instead of finding their value in the Lord and in the Word. Uh, they, they feel like they need to say things to put them at that level. And in doing so, they weaken 
Yeah. They weaken every word that they say. They can't be trusted with words. They can't be trusted with power because they would say the wrong thing. Yeah. And so if you can't be trusted with power, then you won't walk in it. Yeah. If you can't be trusted with power, God's system is set up so that you won't walk walk in it. So if you want your words, for example, Lord, in the name of Jesus, every bit of debt that's on my life be removed supernaturally now in Jesus' name. You know, if you want your words to be powerful, Lord, in the name of Jesus, remove every debt off of every person that's watching this broadcast and hearing this broadcast. Lord, in the name of Jesus, every sickness, every disease that's been trying to plague the people watching this, the attenders, the members and partners of Boomerang Church and What's Right Ministry, any person that has that attack, let the power of God hit that now and that disease fall away and be dissolved. If you want to speak like that and actually let your words carry power, right? And I'm expecting that even as I said that, uh, even as I say that, that it's actually happening, even though I'm using it as an example, right? Um, If you want your words to actually carry power, you can't play around with idle words. You've got to pay the price of putting to death idle words. Yeah. in order to carry that power. Yeah. And uh, this, is, this is a truth of God. But you think about it, many people have not been willing to pay that price. And because of that, they'll never carry words of power yeah. because you can't be trusted with that power. Uh, you're you're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to blurt out of your emotions. You're going to blurt out of your flesh. And if you had power, you would really mess things up. Yep. You can't do that. You have to be able to be trusted uh, with your words and trusted with the power that's given to you. So. Well, when you st- when I first started getting that revelation, I still have so much more to grow in, just right. like every believer. But one of the things that I did a lot was threw around idle words for being funny. I enjoyed yeah. being very quick. Yep. And when yep. that started being something that you and I would talk about, I asked you, I was like, how do I have a conversation with other people then? And, and I'm, I'm not trying to look off yeah, screen. Yeah. I didn't realize the camera had shifted. But I was like, I don't know how to have a conversation then because what do I do? Just sit and say nothing? And you actually told me, yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. And you, Yeah, you pay the price of not being the uh, one getting all the attention, of, of being the life of the party, of being the focus yeah. or the center of a group. Well, yeah. and and one of the things that I had for a while try and detract me from the things of God was concern of what others' reactions would be and recognizing that I was growing. I was like, what are yeah. they going to think if I am just quiet? It, because what I didn't want was to attract attention wrongly there too. Yeah. And yeah. I was concerned that if I just started being more quiet or just saying lots of nothing, people would be like, are you okay? Right. Is everything right. fine? No, I'm fine. Yeah. I, like that, that was my concern. Yeah. And basically you told me, just get over it. Like yeah. you need to, 
I needed to be okay being more quiet. And if people had to ask questions, then you can share as led. But getting to the point where other people, while, yes, we live for other people to minister to them for the Lord, they're not my why. Like, other people's opinions are not my why. If someone thinks it's weird that we're more quiet because we're hearing from heaven— that's on them. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to answer for that at Judgment Day. I'm going to answer for if I spout it off too fast. That's right. That's exactly. And I had to make the same change. I had to make the same thing that I told you to do. You know, and it, this is really funny. Like if we're only supposed to speak God's words, do we really imagine that God is, is the type of person that you would fall to sleep <laughs> to? Uh, on the phone with because he just kept chatting for hours and hours so much so and and he just wouldn't be quiet about what's going on. No, God's words are very specific. They're very pointed. Uh, They're very powerful because he doesn't say anything that's outside of his character. He's He's not just chatting to make himself feel good. He's speaking product. Think about this. How could he, how could God judge you for idle words if he used them. Yeah, couldn't. No, his words have to produce. Yep. 100% of the time. Because if they're idle and non-productive, then he would not be in the uh, righteous position to judge us for those idle words. So his his words, he's not just chatty. <laughs> See, we've adopted that in society, but that's not who God is. God's not just chatty, right? I'm not saying that you can't uh, talk and chat and have a good time, but many people, their source is that. Their, their source of people's responses, their source of feeling good is they get to share that with people. And they think, you should listen to me. No, I shouldn't. I'm going to hang up on you. Yeah. Like, you need to be quiet. You need to be slow to speak and quit getting your value out of you talking for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's a, we've adopted a worldly corrupted philosophy. If your words are not producing in the kingdom of God, we're not just sitting here chatting, you know? Mm-hmm. We can talk about fun stuff. We can talk about enjoyable, but what I'm saying is there's a line that people cross when that mm-hmm. chat becomes their source, right? Well, one of the things that you've talked to me about is I have a gifting, if used properly, a gifting for conversation to dialogue with other people. And I enjoy it. But one of the things years ago that pastor started talking to me about was knowing when that became me and when it was the Lord. And what I, what I had to do uh, largely because I worked for you, like I, I was assisting you. And if I just spouted off at the mouth, I was taking away from what you were called to do. You could Correct. not give me that yes. time. So I I remember distinct moments where I the Lord would tell me to shut up, basically, yeah. and I would stop talking, and I realized it wasn't him that was trying to keep the conversation going. My emotion, because yes. I enjoyed it, was yes. trying to prolong that conversation. Yes. And the more I did it, the more I realized how much the chatting or the being quick-witted or whatever was soul yes. and not yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there was, you may remember this, but I'm I'm semi-remembering you. One time you sent me something and I was like, you're like, did you hear it? I was like, no. 
and I, I didn't. And I, I have done this before. It's like, are you going to listen to it? No. <laughs> no, it's too long. You know, you're you're talking way too long. I don't care what you said. It's too long. Yep. You know, you you need to learn how to say what you mean and mean when you say. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. And and I've said that. I've said that to people, and I've had to do that as well. You know, um, I've had to learn how to do that. But that's a part of discipleship. It's like, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to a 15 minute message for you to tell me something that basically you just need to change your confession. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not. I don't need to hear all the details. Do what God said. You know. Uh, whatever he says, it's going to change it. And so, uh, but people feel like they need to do it, and they don't realize how much they've, you know, engrossed themselves yeah. in the corrupted thinking and and speaking of the world, and don't realize that's hanging. Yeah. Them, you know, and um, I remember, uh, uh, I think it was, I think it was Jerry'sville. I think this was the item. Brother Copeland was talking about confessions and speaking words of life. And it was on a reel-to-reel tape, like a. It was like on one of those big eight-millimeter tapes, I think, like this. That that was the big machine, and you'd play it like this. And he had Brother Copeland's and uh, message on it, and he got so mad because he was telling him, "You need to change what you're saying and change what you're thinking like that." And Jerry got this when they first met. He got so mad, and um, he he took that reel and he walked outside and he threw it down. That thing's rolling down the street like that. And uh, and he says, God, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the problem is. And uh, he said, I don't know what I need to do. But I'm so mad right now. He said, Your answer is rolling down the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's in the book, in the footsteps of a prophet. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we've the answer is for many of us, we've got to clean up how we think and what we say yeah. and what our heart is fully persuaded of. And if we'll just do that, you know, yeah. I think. And I was talking to my dad the other day, and. He was saying Andrew Womack, I think it was him, or maybe maybe somebody was telling me this, said Andrew Womack has said the major thing, the major thing we need to focus on is renewing our mind. And that means renewing the core of who we are. And yeah. we've got to get that core fixed. If we don't get if we don't renew our mind to the word of God, we're not gonna speak the word of God, we're not gonna think like God. We're not going to act like God. We've got to do the work to renew our mind to the word and then take action on that. Think like that, speak like that, and this is what confession is all about. And we have to be willing to not be cool so that we can become powerful, right? Amen.